everybody. This is Brianne Mann, the director of our Chechi Advising Center, and I'm here today at our Chechi Connect podcast with a special guest, Dr. Catherine Oley. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Brianne. Thanks for having me. And we are here to talk to you about a new program at Grand Valley, one of our beloved majors, the Birth to Kindergarten program. Catherine, will you start us out and tell us a little bit more about your role and this wonderful program that we're offering? Absolutely. So I came to Grand Valley State University four years ago. And prior to that, I had been at the University of Alaska Anchorage and before that, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, where I did my doctoral work. And one thing I noticed when I came to Grand Valley was we didn't have a separate early childhood education program. Um, And that's really a reflection of the way the state of Michigan has worked. So traditionally, the state of Michigan would certify teachers to teach elementary or secondary, and then they could add an endorsement. And so here in the state of Michigan, it was called the ZS Endorsement. It's a general and special education program, and that's what allows teachers to work with young children birth to grade three. Well, when I got here, we had just made some great headway due to my colleague, Dr. Linda Pickett, who had created an early childhood minor, and that minor led to the ZS endorsement at an undergraduate level. Previous to that, it had always been done at the graduate level. However, shortly after arriving in Michigan, the state of Michigan decided to reband, meaning they're changing how they're certifying teachers. So now they are going to certify teachers birth to kindergarten, preschool to third grade, third to six, six to nine, and nine to 12. And that gave me a great opportunity to look at what we had in the early childhood minor and figure out how to adjust that to the birth to kindergarten new grade band. That is so fascinating. I can't think of anyone that wouldn't be excited about that as families are important to all of us. But can you talk a little bit about what this does mean for families in our communities, families with young children? And I know that you yourself are one of those families. Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I have a one and a half year old and I have a four year old. Um, So this is something that affects me both personally and professionally. So as I mentioned, Previously, teachers would get certified in elementary, and then they could go back and add their early childhood endorsement. But early childhood has a really different pedagogical approach, and there's a lot of things in early childhood that are different than elementary. And so by creating a birth to kindergarten band, we're able to help train teachers right from the beginning, creating a foundation that's built on what's important in early childhood, which includes a knowledge of child development, working with families, using authentic assessments, like using observations and talking with families about what they notice with their children, looking at integrated curriculum and embedded learning opportunities. And that means taking opportunities during diapering or toileting or meals to help create connections with kids that will lead to, lead to future learning. So what this means for us is our teachers are learning that right from the get-go. So when families are sending their kids to preschool or to childcare, they will know that their teachers, their children's teachers, understand child development, they understand how to work with families, um, and that should boost the quality of early childhood education. This will be great for teachers and lead to higher retention uh, because they will have the background they need to be successful in the classroom. What a value. I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and I wish that something like this was available when they were young, but I'm so happy to see that it's here now. And I know that um, our, our students at Grand Valley, but also at our local community colleges, are really excited about this as a career opportunity for them. Can you elaborate just a bit on what career opportunities this type of degree would lead to for students? 
Absolutely. So we see the birth to kindergarten program, general and special education, as being a jumping off place for several areas. So first, it would be a great, it would provide a great educational background for anyone who wants to work in childcare, either as a teacher or as a director. For those who want to work in preschool, um, as an assistant teacher, as a lead teacher, as a director, for those who want to work in early childhood special education classrooms, which could be done within an inclusion setting or st- standalone, for those who are in ki- who want to teach kindergarten students, and then for those who really want to work in early intervention. And early intervention in the state of Michigan typically means working with hand- with families hand in hand to learn how to support their children within the home and in other natural settings. I see us um, providing teachers to popular places like Head Start and Early Head Start, the Great Start Readiness Preschool Program, public school systems and intermediate school districts, but also local and private schools and child care centers. Yes, and I know that those organizations can't wait for us to produce some graduates. They're already kind of knocking on our door and asking for that talent. So there's such a demand. So let's talk about our current students. This program began in fall of 2021, and we have about 40 students enrolled in the program and growing. As I mentioned, I know we get outreach from community college advisors, students with associate degrees that want to come and continue this study at Grand Valley for their bachelor's. So when they're here, they have a really powerful team of support in their faculty and in their academic advising center. What is your role outside of the classroom? So you you teach Dr. Oli, and then you also work with students in more of a mentoring capacity as well. Can you talk about that a bit? Absolutely. So I do I do teach, I do research as a faculty member, but I work with students a lot in talking to them about where they're going next. So while I am not a professional advisor like you, I do help them look at their schedule and look at what courses they're going to take. I help them through the field experience. So talking about where they will be doing their field experiences once they get to their third year. I also help them um, connect with different childcare centers and schools that are also looking for um, new teachers. So as you mentioned, we have people knocking on our door all the time saying, what teachers do you have? What students do you have that could work with us and serve our families and children? And so I try to help our students connect with them as well. Sure. And we know that for students to be successful, that team approach is so important. They have that mentoring relationship with you, their faculty expert. And then, as you mentioned, thank you, professional advising is so important. Every year, we work with students to plan out their upcoming semesters, not just their schedule, but how that fits with their life, with their current employment. Um, We might talk with them about the barriers they may be facing personally or um, with housing, with financial aid, and we can help connect with resources on campus. But definitely, it's important that students come and meet with their advisors. This program is very lockstep in terms of Um, prerequisites for classes and sequential order of clinicals that students might be doing. So we really take a lot of time to help students plan that out and understand what their time to graduation is. That said, I know that we really pride ourselves on the creation of this program, how flexible it is with general education and all of the hands-on learning experiences that students get. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit more about that clinical process and the application process for students when they might be starting to work and get get a taste of what it's like in those different classrooms? 
Sure, so let me just give you a quick overview of what the program looks like. The first three semesters are really when students are doing their general education requirements. So their arts and humanities, their natural sciences, and we give them a lot of flexibility in what they're choosing to do. So if we have students who are coming from community colleges, they should easily be able to bring in 45 to 60 credits with them. Starting the second semester of the second year, that's when we really get into the early childhood specific courses. And students take courses like on emergent literacy, um, observation and assessment, um, working with children with special needs. After they've finished though, those first 60 credits, then we move into their third year. And that's when we start pairing their coursework with very specific field work. So the first semester of their third year, they will be doing a 150-hour practicum working with children who are infants and toddlers. And there is an application process to that that they will be doing the semester beforehand. So by February 15th of their second year, they will be doing a quick application that lets us know they are ready to do that field work, where they live, any, any problems they might have in, in terms of location restrictions, and then we work with them to find a location that they'll do their 150-hour practicum with the next fall. When they do that work, they'll have that field work, but it will be paired with a specific course um, that are methods on working with infants and toddlers. So they'll have a course that says, try to do this or let's practice this, and then they'll have the opportunity the next day to go into their location and put those strategies in action. We follow a similar pattern in the next or in the following semesters as well. So the second semester of their third year, there's a 50-hour practicum in a kindergarten classroom, and that is paired with a five-credit methods course in literacy methods, as well as a three-credit math and science methods course. So again, they're in class learning some different strategies, and then they're going out into the field and getting a chance to try them out with real kids. We follow that same pattern their first semester of their fourth year, They'll take a three-credit cl class in working with preschoolers, and then they'll have a 150-hour practicum working with preschoolers as well. Their final semester, they'll be doing their student teaching. And in that setting, they will be working specifically with children with special needs. Because as I mentioned, this is a general and special education program. And so they'll be working with early childhood special education preschoolers um, and getting that hands-on experience. Part of the reason we have all this field work is to meet some of the requirements by the state. So the state does have requirements um, for licensure in terms of what students need to do. But the other part of this is really um, just something that we believe in. We believe that students need to be hearing in class what to do, but they need an opportunity to practice it with students. And we also know there's a huge difference between what an infant and a toddler and a preschool and a kindergartner can do. Anyone who's worked in childcare can tell you what a child can do at four months versus seven months looks dramatically different. And so we're trying to make sure that our students feel well prepared for all of these age groups and that they've also had a chance to try out a lot of different locations. You know, you might go to childcare and think, oh, this doesn't feel like a fit for me. But then maybe you go to a preschool classroom or a special education preschool classroom and go, oh, I really like this. And so I think that's another point that makes our program really strong is that it's not a one-size-fit-all. It's let's try these four different things and see what works best for you. And then when students get out, they have an understanding of what all the different settings provide, but they also have a sense of what feels like a good fit for them and their talents. 
I say often, I love my job for so many reasons, but one of those reasons is the the passionate faculty that I get to work around every day. And I've learned so much from talking with you um, as well. And so I always want to encourage students to do that. I know it's just crazy to us that they might be a little intimidated to come and talk with faculty or talk with an advisor, but you know, it's just that first time nerves. And then I think once they connect with us and they know that we are passionate about their education, their success, and, um, and the fields that we work in, then a partnership is formed. So we encourage students to use that partnership to talk to advisors, talk to faculty. Dr. Oli, maybe you could share just a piece of advice that you would give students, whether it's to be successful or how to overcome challenges. What advice would you give our students? So one thing that we try to role model with our students is let's create a relationship first. So come in. Let's talk, ab- let's talk about your family. Let's talk about the things that you like and enjoy. Do you like coffee? Do you like tea? Where do you come from? Let's get to know each other as people because we want you to do that with your families. When you're a teacher and you're at drop-off, you don't just want your conversation to be limited to the child. You want to be able to have some natural rapport. So for example, when I worked in North Carolina, we like to, I like to kid with my families about basketball teams. I'm a Michigan State Spartan and I had a great time ribbing my colleagues and my parents about their love of Duke or UNC or NC State and so having that natural rapport with families is also something that we want to do with our students so we want to get to know you the second thing is be open and create that trusting relationship so if something comes up faculty know understand and can make accommodations for example I had a student who was out without a computer for six weeks and that happened to coincide with Thanksgiving and our libraries were closed. So she couldn't get to the library to do her assignments. And luckily she was able to send me a note. I was able to adjust um, my due dates and then she wasn't penalized for something that was totally out of her control. On the other hand, if she hadn't done that, I would have been wondering where her assignments were. And so I think being really open and creating and trusting your faculty with some of that personal information gives them an opportunity to make accommodations. I think all of us here in early childhood really approach things with an equity lens, meaning it's not gonna be the same for everyone. Some people need more supports, some people more need more structure, some people need a little bit more flexibility or a little bit um, you know, more direct instruction on what we're expecting. We understand that, we know you're going to have that with your students, Um, and so if you communicate that with us, then we can make those changes to ensure that you're successful. But if you sit back, you don't say anything, you're worried about being embarrassed, then we don't have that background knowledge and we can't do what we wanna do to support you. That is such a great example, thank you for sharing that. I am so looking forward to seeing this program grow. Um, We're looking forward already to fall of 2023. Our scheduling will begin in March um, each year, and so this will be um, a a new year coming up for us, and we're working with new transfer students from the local community colleges and any students that are realizing that this may be a passion of theirs that they want to follow. So is there anything else you'd like to share before we end this session today? So I would just say because this is a new program, there are things that we're still working out and trying to figure out. But I think because it's been quite small in starting up, we are really able to think about student needs first and foremost. So when we've been scheduling this year for the upcoming years, we are purposefully scheduling courses um, 
on certain days and following each other so that students aren't coming to campus every single day. And we're making sure that our courses aren't offered when we expect you to be in the field. So we're trying to be very purposeful in keeping your needs and wants in mind. Um, and I encourage you to communicate with us and to talk with us um, so that we can share what that will look like with plenty of time for you to plan around your family and around your work. Um, that's really important to us um, because we know, again, that's something you're going to be doing for your own students when you become, when you have your own classrooms. Wonderful. Okay, so in the tradition of Chechi Connect, we're going to end our day with a Chechi quote. And our quote today is, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Have a great day, everyone. Mm-hmm.